Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Familiar scripture, but it's powerful scripture that I pray God is going to speak to us about today. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Bible says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, I urge you, I like that, uh, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, the thinking of this world, the values of this world, the way this world operates. Do, do, do not conform to the pattern, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and per- there's nothing greater than being in the will of God. Nothing greater. The will of God is good. The will of God is pleasing. The will of God is perfect. The will of God is doing everything that God has called you to be. How are we going to know what the will of God is? Well, we're gonna need to, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And I just pray that by the Holy Spirit that God would speak to us today. Let's pray. So Father, I just thank you for your word. And Lord, I just pray that by your Spirit, you would speak to us today, Lord God. Father, we recognise that it's not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And I pray that by the Spirit of God, that you would reveal truth. Truth that has the power to set us free. Uh, Father, just bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Let there be freedom to speak the Word and to be able to share your word and to be able to hear the word. Father, let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Father, let there be freedom uh, to glorify you today, I pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, So we're in a series entitled Building a Blessed Life. Um, At the beginning of the year, it's always a great time to be able to review, uh, reflect, uh, pause, make some choices that might enable us to live our lives differently. Um, and um, it's always a great time to be able to uh, reflect uh, on our lives and to be able to make some decisions. Key scripture uh, for this particular series is Psalm 112, uh, which is a description of the blessed life. Let me read it to you. Again, it says, praise the Lord, blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in His commands. Um, it's where it all begins. It begins by uh, putting our faith in, in, in Christ. And then it says, their children shall be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their house. And this begins to describe what the blessed life looks like, even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. It's a powerful description of what the blessed life looks like. And there's a lot of great things in there. Generation of the upright shall be blessed, wealth and rich 
riches. They're all good things. Good will come to them and so on and so on. But notice it doesn't say that they won't experience trials or challenges. I talked about this last week. So often when we think about a blessed life, we think, oh, well, it's going to be absent of, of difficulties, of challenges. It doesn't say that. It says, uh, it says, but the blessed person faces them differently, faces them with faith, their hearts are steadfast. Even in darkness, light begins to dawn. Even when they're in a position where there just doesn't seem to be any hope, for the blessed person, hope begins to rise by His grace and for His glory. They know that God is going to see them through. Big question is, well, how do we experience the blessed life? I get what it looks like. It's the kind of life I'd like to be living. Well, how do we experience this? Well, to help us understand how, we're looking at a story in the Bible. It's the story of Nehemiah. Um, on the outside, it just looks like a simple story about the rebuilding of a wall, the walls of Jerusalem, the walls around a city which were really important. And in this case, they were all broken and, uh, and, and so the enemy could come in and out whenever they wanted. And it's a story about how those walls were, were restored. But if we look a little deeper, the story speaks to us about how God restores our lives. Um, uh, as Christians, we believe uh, that according to, to the Scriptures that we are body, we are soul, and we are spirit. We are tripartite beings. Hello, whiteboard. Everybody say hello to the whiteboard. <laughs> so, uh, so we believe that we are tripartite beings, which means there are, there are three parts. We are body, and that's easy to understand. We are physical beings. Uh, and that includes our senses and it enables us to actually relate to the world we are living in. We are also soul. Uh, we are soulish. Um, uh, and that incorporates three particular things. It incorporates our mind, the way we think. It also incorporates our emotions, you know, how we feel. And then it also, our soul also incorporates our will, our capacity, uh, our ability to choose uh, in our lives, which is, a, which is very, very powerful. It's the ability to choose. It's not what's happened to us that's really, that's really important. It's what we do next. And God has given us the capacity, the ability to be able to choose. And then we are spirit. Spirit is the, uh, is the capacity to be able to relate to God, to know God in, in a powerful way. Now, when we give our life to Jesus, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, the Bible tells us that, so before we give our life to Jesus, our spirit is dead. The Bible says it's dormant, it's dead. But when we give our life to Jesus, when we open our hearts to Christ, our spirit comes alive and suddenly we're able to uh, relate to God, to know God. Uh, we're able to see the world, not in two dimensions, but suddenly we begin to see a third dimension. We begin to see things from a spiritual perspective. We begin to see that there's something else going in the world. Um, and there's a battle between good and evil. Uh, on a spiritual level. So we are body, we are soul, and we are spirit. Now, it would be really nice if they were all kind of separate like that. But the reality is uh, that body, soul, and spirit are actually one. And, um, and each one affects the other. I kind of talked a little bit about this last week. I said that what happens in the soul affects the body. What happens in the body affects the spirit. It's not as simple as, you know, uh, just three separate things. Um, you know, sometimes uh, I talked last week about a migraine. We can have a migraine headache and the migraine is, has to do with the body. It's a, it's a headache and so we try and take Panadol. But how many people know that not all migraines have to do with the body? Some of the migraines have 
have to do with the fact that our mind or our emotions are, are troubled, stressed, anxious. And, and so something's happening in the soul which affects the body and something's happening in the soul, something's happening in the emotions which also can affect our spirit. We can be down, we can be discouraged and, and then we think, well, where is God and what's happening? So, so our body, soul and spirit are actually, are actually one and, and, uh, and, um, uh, and they can affect each other. Um, uh, many of us understand physical wholeness. We understand, even if we don't do it, we understand what physical wholeness or what we need to do to be able to have physical wholeness. We understand that we need to eat right, we need to sleep, we need to exercise. We know, we know shouldn't be eating, you know, chocolate donuts isn't going to help your body. If, uh, you know, if we want to be whole, uh, cannelloni will help you. Uh, cannoli, sorry, cannoli will help you. <laughs> Uh, chocolate donuts, not as much. Uh, but, but we know what to do with the body even if we don't do it. We also know if you've been in church and you understand what it means to take care of your spirit, we know, in, 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 at least in theory, we know how to do that. We know we need to pray. We need to talk to God. We know that we need to read our Bible, come to church. If we want to be spiritually whole, we know, we know what to do. We know how to take care of that even if we struggle at times or we're not, we, we don't do it as much as. But the question is, how do we take care of our soul? That to me is the, is the real question. Um, how do we take care of our soul? And the majority of us don't really know how to do that. Yet most of the pain that we experience in life, most of the challenges we experience in life, the wounds have to do with damage to the soul. Most of the pain that we experience in life, most of the difficulties we experience in life actually have to do with damage to the soul. It's not the body that's in trouble. It's not even our spirit. It's stuff that's happened that affects how we think and how we feel and it influences the choices that we actually make. And so how does God restore us? How do we build the blessed life? How does God restore our soul? That's what I'm really interested in speaking about today. Well, the story of Nehemiah teaches us how. The story of Nehemiah teaches us how God actually restores the soul, how He restores the mind, how He restores the emotions, how He restores the will. Uh, so how does God do it? Well, the first thing the exiles did when they returned to Jerusalem was rebuild the temple. Um, that's what they did when they, I drew this up last week, when they, when they returned, the first thing they did was they rebuilt the temple. Uh, the temple was destroyed. The Babylonians came in. They ransacked it. And, and when, when, when the Israelites were allowed to return, um, uh, the first thing they did was uh, restored the temple and began to worship God again. You'll read it in the book of Ezra, the book of Zechariah, and uh, the whole rebuilding process. And, you know, uh, if we're going to experience the blessed life, it begins by giving our life to Jesus Christ. It begins by worshipping God. It begins by fearing and obeying God. It begins by, by, by opening ourselves up to God and saying, Lord, would you, would you be the Lord and Saviour of my life? It's an invitation of God to say, God, would you, would you help me? Would you guide me? Be the Lord and Saviour. Uh, of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I want to live for you. Uh, it begins by worshipping God. That's where the blessed life actually begins. The next thing that God did was uh, send Nehemiah to rebuild uh, the walls of Jerusalem. And so, you know, back in Bible times, the cities had walls around them and um, um, and and the walls were there to protect them from enemy nations from being able to come in. And so 
the nation could actually enjoy safety. Um, so the, the walls did two things. It protected uh, the city from enemy nations being able to come in and it also enabled what was inside the city to actually uh, flourish. And so again, the Babylonians had ransacked the walls, ripped the gates open and enemy nations could easily come in and out and, uh, and, and be able to you know, take the nation. So God sends Nehemiah. Nehemiah uh, is uh, called by God to come in and restore those walls, rebuild the walls uh, of Jerusalem. And the name Nehemiah actually uh, is, means comforter. It means uh, 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 it's a type of the Holy Spirit. And after giving our lives to Jesus Christ, what the Holy Spirit begins to do, it begins to restore our soul. You see, for many of us, we can be forgiven, but not whole. We can come to Christ, but still be plagued by ongoing issues. There's gaps in the walls of our soul and those gaps enable the enemy to be able to kind of just, just come in, makes us vulnerable to attacks of the enemy. Our soul uh, can be uh, um, uh, damaged by all kinds of things, the way we've been brought up, negative experiences, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, bad choices, uh, unresolved grief, consequences of sin. Uh, the, vo- the, the walls of our soul have been damaged. There's no gates and we become vulnerable. Uh, to the attacks of the enemy. There's no resistance to temptation. We react in a certain way and we kind of wonder, we kind of wonder why and we wonder what's going on. There's a restlessness, no peace and joy. So after giving our lives to Christ, God sends the Holy Spirit to restore our, mi- our mind, our emotions and our soul. So this is the Spirit. Are you with me? And this is the soul. Sorry, I'm, I'm just going to race through some material. I've got so much I want to talk about this morning. And uh, no time. So this is the this is the soul. This represents the soul, uh, and uh, how how God wants to restore that. So l- last week we looked at uh, uh, the process God uses to restore the soul, and you can get that on the podcast. Uh, but today, what I want to do is want to speak about how God restores uh, one aspect of our soul, and that is our mind. I want to speak about how God restores our mind. Um, so if we're going to experience the blessed life, um, it begins by a restoration, a renewing of our minds, of the way that we think. So Paul says in Romans, um, don't copy the behaviour, this is one of the other translations and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How does the Holy Spirit transform us? One of the ways the tra- Holy Spirit transforms by changing the way that we think. After giving our life to Jesus Christ, God sends Nehemiah or God sends the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit begin to do? The Holy Spirit begins to restore the walls. And one of the things the Holy Spirit does is it begins to restore the way that we actually think. Our thoughts are powerful. Our thoughts influence how we feel, how we behave, how we speak. The greatest battles we fight with in life are not with people. It's not with your boss. It's not with your spouse. It's not with people. The greatest battles that we fight are in the mind. Can I hear an amen? It's in the mind. We fight with ourselves in our mind. Some people even talk to themselves, argue with themselves. Not good. Um, What we think has a profound effect in our lives. Craig Groeschel says, our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. 
Whatever, you, 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 our life is moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, be they conscious or unconscious. Our thoughts determine um, the direction of our lives. The sooner we grasp that truth, the more effective we will be in changing the trajectory of our lives. So when we give our lives to the Holy Spirit, to Christ, the Holy Spirit begins to change how we think. So question, so how do we change those mindsets? How do we, how do we change uh, the way that we think? How does the Holy Spirit renew our minds? But be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Well, how does that transformation actually take place? Well, it happens at three levels. I kind of talked about this in a series I did a couple of years ago, Winning the War in Your Mind. You can go back and listen to some of that. Some of this is going to be a bit of repetition, but that's okay because it'll kind of help to sink uh, in some of these thoughts and some of these truths. Um, so the first level is at the spiritual level. How does God transform our minds? First, at the spiritual level. We need to understand that the battle that we face in our mind is first and foremost spiritual. The enemy knows that if he can convince you of a lie, he can influence your life. Paul says to the Corinthians, but I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Here was Eve living in the perfection of the garden. And yet the Bible says she was deceived by the serpent's cunning, uh, the serpent being a type of the enemy. She believed the lie of the enemy and, uh, and she was deceived and then ate, ate the apple and so on and so on. And Paul is saying to the Corinthians, my concern is just like she was deceived, your minds may sound, how does the enemy deceive us? By planting thoughts in our mind, by suggesting things in our hearts and in our minds. And then, and then when we believe that truth, it can lead us astray. There are principalities that war against us and, and one way they do that is through the mind. The good news is that God has given us some weapons. I love this quote uh, from Martin Luther because one of those weapons is the Word of God. He says, nothing is more effectual against the devil, the world, the flesh and all the evil thoughts that, than to occupy oneself with the Word of God. Talk about it and meditate on it. When the enemy came against Jesus, Jesus said one thing. He said, it is written, it is written. And it's interesting because the enemy actually used the Bible to come against the enemy. He's using the Word of God, misquoting the Word of God. And, and, and Jesus obviously able, was able to discern that and he comes back with the Word of God. The Word of God is powerful. Secondly, we win the war in our minds by addressing it at the behavioural level. We don't have to be slaves or victims to our thought. I'm a slave to my thought. I just had a thought and my thought said that this is true and therefore I believe it. I'm just a, I'm just a victim. No, we're not victims to our thoughts. We can always choose what we do next. Can't choose what's happened to us, but we can choose what we do next. And we can always choose to do and think what is right. We can choose by the grace of God. Thirdly, we, always, we also need to tackle our thoughts at the physical level. Every time we think a thought, a neural pathway is created in the brain. When we think that thought again, that pathway is strengthened, so it's easier to think it again. And if we keep on thinking it, um, you know, there's so many imagery. I did this last year, but a couple of years ago. Um, you know, just imagine a path. Uh, when, you, when you think a thought, a path is created. If you keep thinking that path, that path gets wider and wider. And if you keep thinking that thought, it becomes an unsealed road. And if you keep thinking that thought, it becomes a sealed road with tar. So it's easier. So the thoughts can, can, can come along that path a lot easier. And if you keep thinking that thought, it becomes a two lane. And if you keep thinking, it becomes an eight lane freeway. So those thoughts can freely come and go as they please. The more we think a, th a thought, the stronger it gets. And the easier it is to think that thought again until it becomes... An automatic thought, 
a habit, the Bible calls it a stronghold. Um, and when it reaches that level, uh, we no longer control the thought. The thought has a strong influence on our lives. Strong influence on our lives. All it requires is a trigger and that thought is activated. I speak a couple of languages. I was going to say I speak Spanish, but no hablo español. But I, I, I speak Italian, sort of. Anyway, I speak Italian, I speak English. And it's just an interesting thing. Uh, it's all inside. I'm speaking English right now because uh, there's a freeway. It's an English freeway in my mind, but there's also an Italian freeway. Well, it's not a freeway. It's more like a two-lane thing. It's not quite there yet. Um, and so if I hear people speaking Italian, man, I can, I can switch to Italian in a second. All I need is a trigger. Bang. It's triggered. And I start speaking Italiano. <laughs> um, so he, he, because there's a, my brain is wired that way. And we can have some positive wiring. We can also have some negative wiring. Because there are some, some people that have, speak two languages as well. One, English, one language is English, the other one is, is anger. The language of anger. All it requires is the trigger. Boom, it's a late lane anger freeway. All it requires is the trigger, out it comes. Some people have a, have, have a the second language is negativity, pessimism. They see the world dark. Whether they're at work, at home, it's bad, and so on and so on. Uh, it's a second language that all it requires is a trigger, boom, as out it comes, and see the world that way. Um, Jason Walkup says this, your brain is constantly changing. Even though your brain is, at a, is a physical structure, it changes based on what you're thinking, feeling, choosing, eating, and more. The good news is our brains can be rewired. That's the good news. Caroline Leaf says, whether it's dealing with emotional trauma, anxiety, or simply expanding your knowledge base, we can restructure our brains in a positive direction. Your brain will change whether you like it or not, so it helps to be in control of that process. I love that quote. So if we're going to win the battle in our minds, we tackle it at a spiritual, emotional, physical level. And no matter how the brain has been wired, it can be rewired by the grace of God. Be transformed by the rewiring of your brain, the renewing of your mind. I, I, I love that scripture. It's not, it's, not, it's, not, you know, it's not a suggestion. It's a, you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So is it easy? No, 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 it's not easy. It takes work, but by the grace of God, it can be done. Caroline Leaf says, brain building takes work and it requires long-term commitment. It takes 21 days to break down your thoughts and start the building process, but real change happens after 63 days. So how do we renew our minds? She's written amazing books, by the way, worth reading. Um, she's done a whole lot of research on this, and you can pick that up in her book um, as well. So again, some of this is going to be uh, um, um, repeated, but it's good because we're creating... Some freeways. Can I hear an amen? amen? Yeah, in Jesus' name. So how do we renew our minds? We're going to race through this bit and then get to where I want to go in the next 10 minutes. So number one, we need to identify the destructive thought. We're going to rewire our brain, renew, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to identify the destructive thoughts. What's the dominant thought that seems to control your thinking? It can be thoughts like, I'll never amount to anything. I'll never be loved. I will always struggle financially. I'll never be happy. I'm dumb. I'm ugly. It's never, it is, it's never good enough. I will never get out of debt. I will never overcome this addiction. 
I'll never be healthy. I'll never get close to God. I'll never have a happy marriage. It, it's, it's a negative thought. The first step is to recognize that thought. And a good following step, and I want to really be as cautious and sensitive as I can, you know, and I don't want to sim be simplistic about this because we are complex human beings. And just changing a thought doesn't, doesn't restore the soul because sometimes it requires a bit of other work that needs to be done. It's an ongoing process of restoration. But once you've recognized the destructive thought, you can ask yourself some good questions. When did this start? How did it start? Why do I feel this way? What triggers this thought? What's going on? What's happening in my life? Because many times behind the stronghold or destructive pattern of thinking is a wound that needs healing, that needs to be dealt with. And so, and so we can do that. I'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Number two, we replace it with the truth. At the, at the, at the base of most strongholds is a lie, and we need to replace it with the truth. Um, and, you know, I don't want this just to sound like it's a... It's some sort of theory, human theory. Uh, this is actually biblical. When we accept Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit begins to, begins to rewire our mind and, and form Christ in us. It's called the process of sanctification. And he's actively involved in the process of renewing, exposing lies and demolishing strongholds and revealing the truth, giving us the power to change. Paul's, Paul prayed for the Ephesians. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. What we need more than anything else is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's the Holy Spirit that gently, by the grace of God, just brings, uh, brings those, those negative thoughts, those... Uh, uh, those lies of the enemy just brings them to the surface and enables us uh, to give us the power to change those thoughts. And then thirdly, we renew the mind by repeatedly confessing the truth. Third thing we do is, 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 is rewire the brain uh, by repeating the truth. Zig Ziglar said, repetition is the mother of all learning and the father of action which makes it the architect of accomplishment. As Caroline Leaf said, your brain will change whether you like it or not. So it helps to be in control of the process. Your brain is changing whether you, you like it or not, believe it or not. Your brain is changing. And she says, you can either be in control of that process or let the process happen by itself. Repetition is what created the old patterns. Repetition is what will create the new patterns. Every day we think 60,000 thoughts. I counted them this week. <laughs> Did an average over five days. It was 60,000 exactly. Most thoughts are neutral, but some thoughts can actually influence us negatively. So you can be passive about the process or proactive. How do we shape the way we think by what we say and what we repeat? The Bible says death and life are in the power of our words. Our words have the capacity to bring life or death. Our thoughts have the capacity to bring life or death. And we have the capacity to influence what is happening inside of us. So we... Identify the destructive thoughts, we replace them with the truth, and then repeatedly confess that truth until it becomes a revelation, until it becomes a revelation in our spirit, and it becomes a truth. So, I want to get as practical as I can about this, because um, I believe strongly in the power of this, uh, in the power of affirmations, in the power of repeating what is true instead of what is a lie. And so I want to give you a challenge about this. Um, I want you to make a list of some of the things that you battle with and then write some biblical affirmations to counter uh, uh, those, those issues. 
there's a number of websites that you can go to to help you with this with this exercise. Um, you can you can go into the net, type in biblical affirmations. A ton of websites come up. Most of them are pretty good. I've I've left. Um, Craig Rochelle has written a great book called Winning the War in Your Mind, and he, he has a bunch of affirmations that he uh, that he repeats or that he uses himself. I've left some copies uh, at the front desk if you want to to get a copy of that, and you can look at that. So find ten or so affirmations that are meaningful to you, and then. Here's, here's, here's the work. Then repeat them 30 times a day. Initially, it's going to be hard. Um, but eventually, you'll memorize and it'll become easier. The Bible says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How do you hide God's word? Yeah, you, you, you repeat it again. You memorize it so it becomes a part of your life. Changing the way we think requires work. Took a lot of time to get you where you are. It's going to take a bit of time to rewire the brain. So let me give you some examples of some of these affirmations. Um, here's a simple one, a real simple one. Um, I am loved and accepted by God. Simple. I'm loved and accepted by God. What do we normally think about ourselves? If we're honest with ourselves, what do we normally think? We think, oh, God doesn't love me. Not good enough. Not spiritual enough. God's upset with me. Devil says, oh. And you think you're a Christian, you know, uh, God is upset with you. And listen carefully. If you repeat that 30 times a day in your mind, what's going to happen? A freeway is going to be developed, constructed, that says God does not love me. If we believe it to be true, it affects our confidence. It affects how we pray, how we see God. Instead, what does the Bible say? The Bible says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that's what we are. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Paul prays to the Ephesian church. He prays, I pray that you would understand how great and wide and long is the love that God has for you. For you. How do we change that negative thought? Repeat 30 times in a day. I'm loved and accepted by God. 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 <laughs> come on, why don't we do this together? I want you to repeat with me. I'm loved and, come on, let's do some rewiring of our brain. Come on. Are you with me this morning? We're going to rewire some brain and create some freeways in our minds. Come on. We're going to get into the construction industry. We're going to create some freeways in our mind in Jesus' name. So I want you to say, I'm loved and accepted by God. Say it with me. That's powerful. That's absolutely powerful. But I want you to keep repeating it until I tell you to stop. Are you ready? One, two, three. Two more. It took about 20 seconds. 30 of those will take you maybe 60 seconds. And after, if you keep doing that every day, after six weeks, you're going to begin to see a difference in your life. You're going to begin to see some transformation begin. You're going to see some of these areas start to, start to, not fully, but start to actually get repaired. Here's another one. I'm anointed and gifted by the Holy Spirit to do that which God has called me to do. What do we think normally about ourselves? I'm not good enough. I have nothing to give. Why was I born? Everybody else is gifted. The enemy says, you, the enemy says to her, you can't even boil an egg. What, what do you think God is going to use you? I doubt it. If we believe that lie, of course, it's going to affect us deeply. I'm useless. I'm a waste of space. If we think that, if we believe that truth, um, it affects how we feel. It affects what we do. It affects us. Instead, what does the Bible say? 
What does the manual for life say? What is the truth? A spiritual gift is what Paul says in the Corinthians. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. A spiritual gift is given to some of us, to each of us, so that we can be used by God. So how do I rewire my brain? I repeat, I'm, I'm anointed and gifted by God, by the Holy Spirit, to do that which God has called me to do. Not what God has called you to do. What God has called me to do. He's given me the anointing and he's given me the gifts. He's given me everything I need to be able to do that. We don't believe that to be true about us. How about starting to confess? I am anointed by God. I'm a gifted by God, by the Holy Spirit, to do that which exactly God has called me to do by his grace and for his glory. What if we're plagued by guilt? Here's a couple. I'm just going to race through these. We're going to wrap this up. What if we're plagued by guilt? Well, we can just, we could just, we could just go over and over. Oh, you, oh bad boy. You repeat that 30 times in a day. You're going to create a freeway of guilt. How about, we, how about we say this? I'm not my past. I'm not what I did. I am who God says I am. He says I'm forgiven. He says I'm redeemed. He says I am free. Repeat that 30 times. We're going to have a, we're going to have a freeway of forgiveness in the name of Jesus. Blood of Jesus cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Is that true or false? If it's true... If we, if we repeat that, I'm, 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 the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all unrighteousness. We create a freeway of forgiveness. What if we struggle with discipline? Here's another one. I'm not a slave to my habits. I'm not a prisoner, but I am right now. Okay, but we're going to start to change the way we think. We're going to rewire because our brain is rewired at the moment to say, I am a slave to my habits. But we're going to rewire that brain. We're going to change that freeway. We're going to demolish that freeway in the name of Jesus. We're going to create a new freeway. This is, I'm not a slave to my habits. I have been rescued from the power of darkness through Jesus Christ. I'm not a prisoner to an addiction. By the grace of God, I will be more and more disciplined every day. What if we're struggling in our marriage? Our minds are saying, she's the problem, he's the problem. If only he would change, if only she would change. And if we repeat that to ourselves 30 times a day, what is it going to create? What is it going to do? He said, we can declare by the grace of God, my marriage is going to be stronger and stronger every day. I love my wife and I will lay down my life to serve. I love my husband. I will lay down my life to serve him in Jesus' name. What if you're struggling with joy? You wish you could just fly away. Some of you wish you could die of a heart attack so that you put out of your misery. Gone. Devil's convinced you that your life's not worth living. Life is something to be endured. What a lie. What a, what a disgraceful lie. How about declaring by the grace of God, I will experience the joy and peace of the Lord every day. How about, how about declaring the joy of the Lord is my strength? Pastor Joe, I'm not feeling it. Not, we're not feeling it because there's a, there's a gap here and the enemy can just walk in anytime he wants. We're going to break this in the night. We're going to start to colour in in Jesus' name. We're going to support that. We're going to start to, it's going to take a while. It's, it's, didn't, didn't, it, this didn't happen overnight. It's not going to go away overnight. But by the grace of God, it's going to go. Here are some others. In Jesus' name, I break the power of darkness over my mind and every attempt of the devil to destroy my life. I am free in Jesus' name. Whom the sun sets free shall be free indeed. I'm going to believe that truth. I'm going to believe that. Pastor Joe, but I'm not really free yet. I know, I'm becoming free by the grace of God. By the grace of God, I was, I'm a little bit more free today than I was yesterday. I choose to forgive all the people that have hurt and wounded me by the grace of God. Some of you have been wounded deeply. 
I choose to forgive all the people that have hurt and wounded me by the grace of God. I don't want to forgive them. Bible says I have to forgive them. I don't feel like forgiving them. That's why it's an act of choice. It's a will. We activate the will to override our thoughts and our emotions. We, uh, we activate our will to override our thoughts and our emotions. I choose by the grace of God to forgive all the people. I can't do it. I, don't, I, haven't, got the, I, haven't, I haven't got the power to forgive anybody. But I choose by the grace of God to forgive all the people that have hurt. Worry is not my must. Here's another one. I trust in God. His peace guards my heart, guards my mind and guards my soul in Christ Jesus. Another one. I'm not, I'm not a hostage to unhealthy thoughts. The weapons I fight with are, the wep- are not the weapons of this world. I have divine power to demolish strongholds. Here's another one. I'm empowered. I'm chosen. I'm called. I'm a masterpiece of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for me. I'm a nothing. I'm a notable. You repeat that 30 times. What are you going to get? You're going to get a negative freeway. Instead, begin to say, I'm, imp- I'm chosen. I'm called by God. I'm not the product of a big bang. <laughs> Some of you, when you were born, there was a big bang. <laughs> bang. They're here. <laughs> I'm empowered, I'm chosen, I'm called, I'm a masterpiece of God. I don't feel like it. I'm, I'm not talking about what we feel or what we think. We're, we're rewiring. My God will bless me abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all I need, I will abound in every good work. I'm not what I, I'm not what I have or buy. My identity is in Christ and Christ alone. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek Him and daily He directs my steps. I know His voice and He leads me to to do His perfect will. It's just powerful. Whatever it is you're struggling with, come just find a biblical affirmation and begin to declare it. By the grace of God, our home will be a place of peace and joy and safety and healing. Pick five, ten of those statements that apply to you and every day repeat them. Pastor, Pastor Joe, I really want to experience the blessed life. Really? Yeah, I really want to experience the blessed life. How do we do it? One of the ways is to begin to, starts by giving our life to Jesus Christ. Starts by worshipping. Starts by putting God in the first place. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else shall, that's where it all begins. Everything else shall be added unto you. And then when we give our life to Jesus, He then sends the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit begin to do? The Holy Spirit begins to rewire, repair the soul, the mind, the emotions, and the will. Paul says in Romans, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, rewiring of your brain. How do we do that? Find the negative thoughts and deal with them. Find five or 10 affirmations and every day repeat them 30 times. I wonder if there's a thought that's that's, that's struggling, that you're struggling with? Any thoughts that are robbing you of peace and joy? Becoming the person God has called you to be. Remember, Nehemiah is a type of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has the power and the authority. Nehemiah was given the power and the authority to rebuild these walls. The Holy Spirit has the power and authority, has given us the power and authority be able to restore the walls of our soul. And I love this. Ultimately, it's by the Spirit of God and by the grace of God. Zechariah says, it's not by might, not by power, but my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, 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 grace. Do it.
If our mind is restored, it's only by the grace of God. But it's not something that happens passively. It's an active participation between what God does and what we do. Just a word of caution, and I want to always try and be as sensible about all of this as I can. As I said before, we are complex human beings with some deep pain. And if you're struggling, um, please talk to someone. Um, Some of the deep pain isn't going to be solved by just repeating some things because there's something deeper going on. But this is a good start. It's a good start. This is not going to hurt you ever. Repeating truth is not going to hurt you. Um, Some of you may be unwell. And, you know, prayer might be through Jesus. Every cell will come under the, uh, the dominion of God and by His stripes I'm healed. Pastor Joe, you're saying that can transform and bring healing? Um, all I know is we're, we're speaking the truth. The Bible says secret things belong to God, things revealed belong to us. This is what God has revealed. And I'm going to continue to declare the truth and put my hands, put my life in God's hands and allow Him to work inside of me. Would you stand with me? Is that okay this morning? I know I was speeding, man. Speeding. A lot of information. And I just pray that God may speak to some of us in relation to this. Many years ago, um, researchers, scientists believed the brain could not change. It's like concrete. But in more recent years, they've caught up to the Bible. (laughs) And understanding that actually, the brain can actually be rewired. It's not concrete at all. Which makes Romans chapter 12 verse 2 come alive. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The other one makes us victims. This one makes us victors. Not just a victim to stuff I can be active with the help of God with the help of the Holy Spirit we can be proactive in doing what's next your mind is changing every day you're repeating certain things you can either be passive about it or be proactive about it one of those ways is get some biblical affirmations and just begin to repeat them 30 times a day I'm loved and accepted by God. I don't think you're going to get go backwards by repeating something like that every day for a while. I'm loved and accepted by God. At some point, it's going to sink in. I don't know about you, but I know my brain. My brain's it's a little bit thick. You don't have to agree. <laughs> you can say, no, Pastor Joe, it's not true. Maybe it's going to take some time. It's all right, we've got time. Instead of thinking about stupid things, I'm going to think about truth. Meditate on His Word, day and night. Think about it, process it. And by His grace, become everything. No longer be a slave to the attacks of the enemy. Be everything that God has called me to be. By His grace and for His glory. Father, I just thank You for this Word. Thank You for truth. Thank you for our congregation, so receptive. I just pray that as we go, 
that this word would come alive. What do we do next, Lord? And that, Father, you would speak to us. That this word wouldn't just be a good word, but it would become a transformative word by your grace and for your glory. So be glorified today, I pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You have an awesome, awesome, awesome day. May God use you in a powerful way in Jesus' name.